Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. In 1996, a New York University physicist by the name of Alan Sokol published an article in the journal Social Text, which had this title, Transgressing the Boundaries Toward a Transformative Hermeneutics of Quantum Gravity. I'm going to ask you all to hang in there with me for just a minute because there's a point to all this, even though it might seem a little bit ridiculous. The article was published in a special issue of this journal that was devoted to defending what's called postmodernist theory. And by a series of stunning leaps of logic, Dr. Sokol arrived at this conclusion. And here I quote, the pi of Euclid and the G of Newton, formerly thought to be constant and universal, are now perceived in their ineluctable historicity, and the putative observer becomes fatally decentered, disconnected from any epistemic link to a space-time point that can no longer be defined by geometry alone. Now, if you didn't follow that, you're not alone. And in fact, almost immediately after the publication of this article, Dr. Sokol revealed that it was in fact utter nonsense. All he had done was borrow the actual thoughts and ideas from real French and American social intellectuals and sort of jumbled it all together and demonstrated that you can use words to say nothing and actually get nothing published in a reputable journal. What is the point? If Dr. Sokol proved anything, it was that word games are easy to play. But at the very same time, the point that he was trying to make, and he goes on to make in a book based on this article, which he called Fashionable Nonsense, the point is that words actually do matter. Words, when used correctly, change things. There actually is no such thing as mere words. Even all of this nonsense that Dr. Sokol published had an impact and had an effect. Today's the day about words. We heard about words in our Old Testament reading from Genesis. We heard about words in Romans 6. In Psalm 29, this constant repetition of the Lord speaking. And then again, if you followed it in our sermon hymn, Luther making the point that it is all about the Lord speaking and giving to us. Words matter. In the beginning, God spoke. All of creation owes its existence to the fact that God spoke words and those words happened. Back in seminary, when we learned Hebrew, the first thing we were given to read was Genesis chapter 1, because it's the easiest Hebrew in the Bible. And it's stunning in its simplicity when you read, God said, light be, and light was. We smooth it out in our English, but that's the entirety of that verse in Hebrew. God spoke, light be, and light was. God says, let us make man in our image. And male and female, we are created in God's image. And the same is true today. What we call the laws of nature are God speaking and sustaining all things. God, of course, is a God of order. His words matter. They are truthful all the way down. 
And God does not speak chaos, but rather tames chaos through the orderly, constant speaking of his word. When God speaks, things happen, and the things that happen are meant to be good. But God is not the only one who speaks within creation. The devil would like to get a word in edgewise if he can, and he goes about it as often as he can. And the devil's goal for himself since the very beginning has been to undermine God's word, to speak words counter to God's word. Did God really say? Surely that's not what God meant. God wouldn't have spoken those words. That's the language of Satan, and it's how he goes about his business. In fact, as Jesus puts it in John chapter 8, when the devil lies, he speaks his native language. It's all Satan does, because for him, words are about manipulation. Words are about deception. Words are about leading people to accept things that are not true. And most importantly, words in the devil's mouth are meant to lead us away from life and light and the Lord. So when we fool around with words, what language are we speaking? That's the question, isn't it? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me is simply not true. Names matter. Words matter. And the question that we are confronted with this morning is, whose word games are we playing? Words matter. Back when I went to a mission festival years ago with, uh, with Deb, um, we had a vice president of our district who decided it would be really cool to get everybody together who is involved with sharing the word of God with people. And you were asked to identify yourself as whether you were a missionary or not. He didn't point people out. He says, if you consider yourself a missionary, please come forward. And he grabbed a kind of an old ritual agenda off of a shelf and he flipped through it and he saw setting aside of a missionary. And he started reading this to all of us. And as I was listening to him read this liturgy over us, I realized the liturgy he was using was the old liturgy for ordination of a pastor. Because a long time ago, within the Lutheran tradition, a pastor and a missionary were essentially the same, functionally different. Both of us were ordained. It's just that a pastor was meant to look after and care for the souls in an existing congregation. A missionary was an ordained person called to go out and preach the word of God that a new congregation might come into existence. But here is this vice president of our district, not our SELC district, this is another district, using an ordination rite for men and women gathered in front of him. And he's speaking to everybody here, including my wife, when he says, take heed unto the flock over which the Holy Spirit has made you an overseer. He basically ordained everybody. So technically, Deb is ordained. Afterwards, this pastor came up to me and said, you know, what did you think of that? Wasn't that great? And I said, well, you do just realize that you just use the ordination rite for a whole group of people. And he said, well, it's, it's just words. <laughs> it's not just words. Not when the Lord is speaking. Words matter. It's Satan's game that says that words don't really matter. 
Now that was an ancient illustration, although Deb remembers, I could see her nodding over there on her screen. We could add all sorts of new illustrations just from the last week's news. Like Minister Tracy Allard out in Alberta making a public service announcement back in May about the need to flatten the COVID curve and urging her constituents not to leave the country. Stay home for the sake of your fellow citizens. Mere words. For Christmas, she went to Hawaii. Then she said that was different. Going to Hawaii at Christmas is a family tradition. Actually, those were the words that got her fired. My family tradition is to go and be with my mom at Christmas and for Deb to go and be with her parents at Christmas. And we had to set that aside, as many of you did too. To say nothing of what was said at a rather volatile rally on Wednesday in Washington, D.C., Rudy Giuliani suggested trial by combat would be the way to resolve our differences in politics. The president's son encouraged the crowds to march on the Capitol. A representative of Congress said the Constitution had been violated, and another representative from Alabama urged the crowds to be like those in Nazi Germany who had to resist often through violence. Some of the crowds believed those words. They took them to heart and they acted on them. And only after the fact did all those people say they were just words. We didn't mean them that way. When we open our mouths and speak, we are either using words the way God intended them to, understanding that words have effect, words change things, words drive people's actions, or we play the devil's game of saying they're just words. They don't really matter. Or even worse, using words to take people away from the light of Christ and truth and to bring people to hopelessness and despair. We still play with words. We're humans, we're sinful, it's what we do. And it's something for which we all need to repent all the time. When does fight back mean fight back? When does allowed means allowed? Who does travel outside the country apply to and not apply to? When is a bonus a bonus or just a retention payment? When is a layoff a right-sizing of a company? When is a command of the Lord just a suggestion? Love your neighbor as yourself, unless you don't like your neighbor. When does honor your father and your mother only mean when I feel like it. Those are the devil's games. It's what the devil does with words. Did God really say? Did God really mean? Fortunately, in the Lord's hands, words still make things happen. That's what the Advent and Christmas season are all about, is it not? Behold, the angel said to Mary, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And Mary responds by saying, let it be to me according to your word. And that word from the angel incarnated the Son of God in the womb of the Virgin. You are baptized washed clean of sin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And it is so. No one can undo it. 
The Lord has spoken those words over you, and the Lord's words always stand. Heaven and earth may pass away, Jesus says, but my word will never pass away. Words matter. Words have effect when they are outspoken on the side of God. When God speaks and says, by the blood of my son born of Mary, shed for you, your sins are forgiven you, go in peace. Those words are most certainly true. When God says, no one can snatch you out of my hand, these words are most certainly true. When God says, if you forgive anyone their sins, they are forgiven, those words are most certainly true. The devil will continue to play his game of getting you to believe that words don't matter, that words can mean whatever you want them to mean, that you can utter an entire article or write an entire article of nonsense and get it published and be recognized as an expert in the field of nonsense. But those are just the devil's games. God's word stands forever. His promises are always true. When we are baptized, the words that God speaks cannot be revoked. When Jesus says, take and eat, this is my body, those words are most certainly true. And so the words for all of you this morning, even under these dark and latter day conditions that we are living in, is that you are baptized. You are redeemed by the blood of Christ. You are God's child. Heaven has been torn open for you that you might enter into the presence of Jesus's father. And when the father speaks over Jesus and says, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. As Jesus's brothers and sisters in our own baptisms, that same word applies to us. Those are no mere words. They are the truth. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.